Welcome to the Get Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Liz McGavro, and I'm obsessed with all things writing, creativity, and telling your stories in your authentic voice, because I believe a good story can change the world. Ever since I was a little girl with my nose in a book, I dreamed of being an author. I wanted to see my books in bookstores everywhere. I wanted to talk about books. I wanted to soak up everything about the craft. My celebrity crushes were mostly authors and I could feel in my bones that the writer's life was my destiny. Fast forward to today. Along with my alter ego, Kate Conti, I'm an Agatha Award-nominated best-selling author with three mystery series, but it wasn't all smooth sailing along the way. I experienced many setbacks, crushing self-doubt, a lot of career detours, and I even lost my voice a few times when I let the world get in my way. Until I learned that writing was so much more than just a skill set you learned and developed over time. It's also an inside job that flourishes when you heal all the wounds that are stifling your creativity, which is no easy task. So if you're a writer of any kind, or if you've always wanted to write but aren't sure where to start, this is the place for you, my friend. We're gonna talk about all things writing process, craft, strategies to help you get writing and stay writing, the daunting world of agents, editors, and publishing, And because I'm using my authentic voice, I'm going to throw in a little woo-woo for you too. So let's get writing, shall we? I'm your host, Liz McGavro, and my guest today is someone I'm so excited to bring to you. I first met Lindy Walker right after I published my first book, Needing to Die, and it was nominated for an Agatha Award at Malice Domestic. Lindy had just published her first book and had also been nominated, so we ended up on the nominee panel together. Neither of us won that year, but we've been friends ever since, so I consider it a huge success still. So Lindy writes three series today, the Nichelle Clark crime thrillers, the Faith McClellan series, and a new co-written series that's coming out next year, the Turner and Mosley Files with Bruce Robert Coffin. And that's what we're talking about today. So I actually have so much to talk to her about that I'm going to have her back, but today I'm focused on the co-writing aspect because here on the podcast, I'm doing a series on community and writing because this is just a huge topic for me and for so many writers I've been talking to lately, newer writers who are trying to find their way and their people. Um, And it's just, it's such a theme that I think it's really important to talk about. I've always said my community is such a huge part of this job for me. From the broader mystery community down to my Wicked Author blog mates, I definitely know I wouldn't be where I am today without it. I got my first contract because of the Sisters in Crime New England community. And when writing gets tough, which it does, you know, pretty much monthly, I turn to the Wicked's who are great listeners, cheerleaders, voices of reason, plotters, all of the things, right? And now I get to give back by offering community to other writers through my membership, the Creativity Lab. It really makes a difference. So I was fascinated by this partnership that Lindy and Bruce have formed for this new series because it's really a form of community in itself. And I had to bring her on to hear more about it. So here's a little more about her. Lindy Walker is the national best-selling author of two crime fiction series featuring strong heroines and twisty, absorbing mysteries. Her first Nichelle Clark crime thriller, Front Page Fatality, was nominated for the Agatha Award for Best First Novel and is an Amazon Charts bestseller. 
In 2018, she introduced readers to Texas Ranger Faith McClellan in Fear No Truth. Reviews have praised her work as well-crafted, compelling, and fast-paced, and an edge-of-your-seat ride with a spiderweb of twists and turns that will keep you reading until the end. And it's true. I love her books. They're great. And I love her as a person. She's just the sweetest. And I'm so excited to introduce her to you. So here we go. Lindy Walker, friends. Hey, Lindy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's going to be fun. The best part about being nominated for the Agatha all those years ago was meeting you and this lifelong friendship that we've now had ever since then. (laughs) I know. I feel the same way. I was just telling someone that the other day, actually. Yeah, that was fun. I know it's been like 10 years, right? More than 10 years. It's crazy to think that it was that that long ago. Sometimes it feels like five minutes ago, but I've got my 15th book coming out next week. Yeah. Which is bananas to me. Like I remember when two felt like a pipe dream. I was like, if 10 people I've never met read front page and like it, then I'm set. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. My 18th is coming out next month. Like it's crazy. It? I mean, and we, we thought we knew so much back then and we didn't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very, very true. (laughs) So for those people who don't know you, although I don't think there's probably many of those people out there, can you talk about your career, your books, and, you know, what led up to where you are now? Um, So I started off in journalism. I was a a news reporter, um, city, cops and courts, uh, you know, decidedly hard news desk for most of my career. Um, And I quit when my oldest daughter was born because... Covering cops and courts is great and it's exciting and I loved everything about my job, but I worked 75 hours a week, almost every week. And I thought, I'm going to have this baby and I'm never going to see her. So she is uh, 19. She is a junior in college now because she has to do everything on the fast track. So she graduated high school a year early and plunged herself into college. And um, she's three more semesters until graduation, which I cannot believe. Wow. Uh, That's amazing. I remember her as a kid. I know. Like (laughs) marking that, like, it's funny how the children mark time. Like I think about when I was writing front page that first summer, when I started writing fiction, it was, you know, I, I have this super specific memory. I mean, I went from being in the newsroom 75 hours a week to being a stay at home mom, which was a very jarring transition. But I thought I was done with that part of my life until I was loading my dishwasher one day. Avery was at preschool. My son was a year old. He was taking a nap and there was Michelle and she was locked in a car trunk down in Chaco bottom. And she didn't know how she was going to get out. And I looked at the silverware caddy and went, I don't know anything about writing fiction. I can't write a book. And I didn't have anything else to do when I got done with the dishes. So I got my computer and I wrote that scene, which stuck in there through everything and is, is still in that book today. And, um, <laughs> she got out of the trunk and I had to figure out how to get her out of trouble. And I wrote from there to the end. And then I went back to the beginning and tried to figure out how she got in the car trunk. <laughs> 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 um, and, and then, it, and then you got nominated for an Agatha for it. <laughs> oh yes. And it was just that fast. You know? <laughs> um, I had a lot to, I like, I had a lot to learn somewhere up in my attic. There is still a copy of the original rough draft of that book because it is very little, like the book that's sitting over there on the shelf. <laughs> like I was right. Cause I was a reporter for so many years and I started writing fiction and I was like, I'm free. I can use all the adjectives and I can't, you know, 
and really not so much if you actually want to get your book published. But, um, so that's how I started writing fiction. I, I sort of fell into it when Michelle showed up in my head that day. And, um, my mother was before she passed away, she was always my biggest cheerleader. She was super insistent that she wanted me to try to get it published. She thought I gave up too easily because the first go around I queried 14 agents. I got nine requests for pages. I didn't get any offers representation. And I thought, well, I'm not any good at this. See, I'm done. And it was a while before I figured out that, you know, nine out of 14 is really a pretty good request rate. And I should have stuck with it. Um, and so <laughs> she, I, I ended up, uh, with an agent and, uh, a publishing deal and we've since um moved publishers with a different series and um so currently i'm actually writing three series although only two of them have books out i have my michelle clark series which now has nine books in it which is crazy to me to think that thinking as summertime always makes me kind of go back to that first summer when i was working on the first book um yeah. and there's the my faith mcclellan series which is a little darker the main character is a texas ranger um and those have been a lot of fun to write And the sixth book in that series comes out next week and um i think they're getting ready to put number seven up for pre-order because it'll be out next year and then i have my new series which i am co-writing uh with my friend bruce robert coffin Um, and it is a little bit of a departure. They are still mysteries, but they are very much like action adventure thriller type mysteries. Like think, um, only murders in the building meets Indiana Jones type of, you know, they're, they're hunting for treasure, but there is always some sort of mystery. And we have a really fun group of characters in these books. And Bruce and I have just had so much fun with them. And I'm really, really hoping that readers will connect with the characters the way we have and have fun with them too. So the first book in that series will be out uh, middle of April. So that's awesome. Awesome. All right. So Nichelle is a whole other podcast and we're going to talk about that. And I I love Nichelle. She's one of my favorites. I love faith, Mm -hmm. but today I want to talk about Turner and Mosley and this new co-writing gig. So I'd love to hear about how this came to be. Um, I know Bruce is amazing. So I think it's just such a fun duo that you guys have going. So how did this, how did this evolve? It is. And I was sort of amazed that he wanted to work with me on this. So what happened was actually, speaking of the Agatha nominations from way back when this kind of all took off at Dallas domestic last year. Um, I had been, I I'm one of those people that has way more ideas than I have time. Like I have a file in my computer where I just jot new ideas because I have stuff comes into my head and I have different characters all the time. And I kind of thought every writer's brain worked that way. So it was a little jarring to me to figure out that some people don't have that just constant flux of ideas. And, um, I had been talking to my publisher about the possibility of adding another the third series with a co-writer because I, I know myself and I can't write three books a year and have them be any good. Like two is my max. Um, but working on a series where I, you know, provide an outline and the ideas and the characters and everything to someone who is an experienced author who can take that and, and build out an entire novel from it. Um, and we had kicked around a couple of other ideas that I had in my idea file and we're trying to settle on one of those. And then 
I had this idea for this sort of treasure hunting duo that, um, you know, a man and a woman who have enough money that they don't have to be worried about finding the treasure because they need the money or they want the finder's fee, but just that for the sake of the adventure, um, but I wanted a young cast. So what we had, what we ended up with is a tech billionaire and a, a social media influencer superstar. Um, and then they have her personal assistant who is sort of like, like Harrison is like Alfred from Batman kind of like, she doesn't have a personal assistant who's a young woman in a Donna Karen suit and, and expensive heels. She has a personal assistant who is her, uh, her mother was a police detective in New York, a homicide detective. And Harrison was her mom's partner and kind of her uncle figure when she was growing up. And so she talked him into leaving the police force and coming to work for her as sort of personal assistant, secretary, security, like whatever, because he wouldn't just take money from her and retire. So, um, (laughs) so that's our cast. And it's very sort of only murders in the building, multi-generational. Like they have a lot of fun going back and forth about the technology stuff and, and, you know, Harrison's prior job experience. And um, I think somewhere in the course of two books into this, Bruce has sort of become Harrison in my head because, you know, Bruce is a retired homicide detective and Harrison was very tall and my character knows that he was like, I wonder where we got this from. Um, That's awesome. But but they are just great fun, you know? Um, And so I have the characters. I uh, didn't really think anybody was going to be interested in publishing this one. And so it was one that had just sort of been sitting there percolating for a while. And then I went to Malice and I talked to so many readers. It was the first one back after the pandemic. And there were so many readers who just in the course of conversation said something along the lines of, you know, everything in the news has been so dark and bleak and depressing for so long. I'm tired of reading dark and bleak and depressing books. And I was sort of in that same space, writing my, my Faith McClellan series is kind of dark. And I thought, you know, I need to get my head into something that's lighter and more fun. And so that was where we were trying to angle whatever we were going to do for the first co-written series. And I thought maybe, maybe this will work. Like, you know, people who have the, the money and the resources of the Carringtons from dynasty, but are young and, and, athletic and attractive and go off on these great adventures chasing after treasure and trying to find murderers and doing whatever it is that they're doing. So I came home and I called my publisher and my agent and I pitched it and they were both very excited about it. And I think the publisher got more excited about it, the more research they did and the more we talked about it. And so that was the one that we settled on. Like we're going to try to find a co-writer who wants to work on this. And um, they sent me a list of, people whose agents had reached out to the publisher and said, I have these clients that are looking for a co-writing situation. And Bruce's name was at the top of the list. And I went, no way he's my friend. Like, that'd be so fun. And, um, so, you know, we had several phone calls and a lot of back and forth and he was really great about, I mean, his, uh, John Byron series is phenomenal, phenomenal police procedurals. I love those books. But they're police procedurals because he's a retired homicide detective. And he said, you know, I don't know if I can do the humor. I'm not sure I can hit what you want here. So I sent him the outline notes for the first chapter. And he sent me a sample chapter back. And I have this really vivid memory because I was like in the pickup line trying to get my son from basketball camp. 
and it showed up on my phone and I opened the pages and I read like two and I was like, yes, this is going to work. It's going to be great. And a year later we kind of said, okay, so we'll either be better friends when we get to the end of the first book or we'll hate each other. And this is not going to work. And, <laughs> <laughs> we have gotten to be better friends. We've had so much fun with these characters and these books. Um, they are doing a sort of, uh, you know, Netflix inspired rapid release strategy with them. So the first one is done, but it does not come out until April because the second one is going to launch next summer. And then the third one will be out in the fall. So there'll be the first three will all come out, um, next year in pretty quick succession. So we've done one. He's now working on the second manuscript and I'm working on the third outline and we are just, the further we get into it, the more fun it is. That's awesome. I love it. I've talked to people before who've collaborated on a book series and it's not like there's, it feels like there's a lot of different ways to do it. Right. And it seems like it could be challenging. Um, but like, I know some teams will, you know, take turns writing different chapters, but you two are doing it differently. So you're doing the outline and he's doing the actual writing. Is that right? Right. So we're doing, when I say outline, I mean like the first one, I sent the first one to my editor for, you know, he was looking at it for structure and, developmental notes and he wrote me back and said so you left Bruce like five words to write here this is 50,000 words this is not an outline (laughs) 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 so I said you know I I have never I mean I have always been a pantser when I'm writing novels on my own so it was hard for me like I did go through and when I, I do the outlines for him it's chapter by chapter like a little um I mean, some of them are like four or five sentences and some of them are a couple of paragraphs, but like a summary, basically, like if you were writing a synopsis, this is what happens in this chapter, like um, cliff notes, kind of. And then he takes all that and builds it out. And sometimes I get really into the scene when I'm working on it and I find myself like sitting in front of my computer, like actually writing the dialogue and doing, you know, the stuff. And I think maybe that makes it a little easier for him, I hope, in those places because he just has to lift it and paste it. But he said it was funny because we talked about this because we did a, a panel on co-writing um, and Malice to share. And he said it was, it was really fun for him because he didn't, when he got the outline for the first book, he didn't read it all the way to the end. So he opened his computer in the morning and went to the outline and copied like whatever that, that chapter was and pasted it on the top of the document. And then that was like his writing prompt for the day. And Hmm. so he could go through. So he, I mean, he really like, he had the manuscript turned around in 12 weeks because he was like, I was never stuck for an idea. I just, you know, like he's, Bruce is very disciplined about writing every day and keeping his skills sharp. And so he just went through and pulled those notes out and built the chapters out from that. And um, he said it was, but he was like, it made it fun for me too, because I want to know what was going to happen next. So I had to go back to the computer and um, look at the next scene. Um, so I did better with the second outline. It was only like 30,000 words when I got done with it. Um, but I think I knew, you know, having done one book with him, I, I had a better sense of, I've always been kind of a control freak. And I, you know, when I worked at the newspaper, I was very much the editor that was, if you asked me three questions on the third one, I was going to be like, just get out of the chair and let me do it myself. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so this was the first book. Like I really got a chance to see what he could do with the notes that he was getting. And that made it easier in the second one to think, I don't need to, I don't need to give him detail on like, he's good at this. I don't, 
he doesn't need to for me to tell him what the room looks like. He can tell the reader what the room looks like. I just need to give him the rundown of this is what happens. Here's where they go. This is who they talk to. This is the clue they find. And yeah. then you go on to the next thing. So, um, yeah, we've, we're, we're having a great deal of fun with them. And he's actually really like, he was worried about specifically at the beginning about not being able to get the humor. And he texted me the other day and said, you know, I really am having fun putting the humor in these books is like, this is fun. And he sent me a couple of the pages that he had worked on that day. And just, I mean, I could see the scene in my head and it was like, there it's so much richer than even what I'm imagining when I'm sitting here making notes about it. Like he had this whole like background to this phone conversation that I had in the notes that was hilarious. And I was like, this is why we make a good team because this is great. Yeah. And readers I think are going to be excited about it. You know, everybody likes to laugh. So yeah. And I love the idea of like thinking of each scene as like a prompt. I think that would make it so much easier if, you know, if I could write myself better prompts, I might have an easier time showing up at the, <laughs> at the desk every day. <laughs> I love that. So I, I'm very curious about what it was like as a pantser to write a 50,000 word outline. Like, did that come easily to you or? I mean, it was, you know, going from one scene to the next, but there were definitely places in the middle where, where I could tell reading back through it. Like I'm writing my way to the rest of the story here. I didn't know what was going on. And so he'd get like, there'd be one chapter where it was just like five or six sentences about what was going to happen next. Cause I had a good idea there. And then all of a sudden he, you'd click to the next one and it was like a whole page because I didn't know. And I needed to just write it out until I figured it out. So I think I'm getting better at being able to see a little bit ahead in the story through this process. So it's kind of giving me a new skill too, because mm -hmm. this is not something I've ever done before. Yeah. Um, but going through that first one and seeing, you know, where the holes were, where, um, where I got stuck when I started the second one, I kind of tried to start with more than just like I sat down and thought through the, the wide view of the story in a way that I never had before. Um, to not just be like, okay, well, here's where they're starting and this is what the crime was or the mystery is or whatever and how they get there and then just take off from there. But to say, where are they going? Where like I have a, um, a notebook that I keep on my desk and it's actually got a handwritten chart in the back of it of, they go here and this is the clue they find and this is what it leads to and this is who they talk to and then this is the next place they go. Because, um, you know, of course they have a private jet and so they can just go wherever and Ooh, follow the clues. That's helpful. Um, <laughs> which is super fun. Um, I did many, 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 many hours of research. The second book is set uh, mostly on Antarctica. So lots of research on the wildlife mm -hmm. and the weather and the seasons and scientific expeditions down there and how all that works. Um, but I learned some really cool stuff. Like there, uh, there is a deep sea dive, um, in that part of the world in the second book that was really fun and some very, very cool seals that, uh, mm -hmm. that are native up there that can go really, really, really far under the water. Um, and are cute, but have the potential to be really terrifying if you're in the water with them. So, oh. um, awesome. that, was, that was fun. <laughs> and my kids got a little mini science lesson because I was like, Hey, look what I found. Y'all listen to, you know, I'm sure they were excited that mom's writing about a sciencey thing that I could tell them about <laughs> in the summer. <laughs> That's awesome. 
So I think you kind of started to answer my next question, but I wanted to ask you about like some of the benefits of writing a writing a book with another person. So you mentioned honing your skills on outlining, but anything else that you found that's surprising maybe? Yeah, we've had a great time, uh, you know, bouncing ideas off each other, brainstorming. Um, it's really motivating to have somebody else besides your editor waiting for you to be done with something. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, um, we kind of play off each other, even with that, no matter what it is that I'm working on, whether I'm like right now, I'm trying to do the third outline, but, uh, in the fall, when I go back to working on the faith books, like he'll text me at the end of the day and tell me how many pages he wrote that day. And I do my, by word count. So then I know I'm going to, you know, say, Oh, I got 2,500 words today. He says, I got, you know, five pages. And, um, it's just that little bit of accountability to somebody who does what you do on a daily basis to keep you on track. Like I found that, um, last fall when I went back to my Faith McClellan series in October and I had a book due in February there, Bruce was writing the first treasure book while I was writing Faith. And I think it helped. I, I know it helped me, um, I guess I can't really speak for him, but for me, it was really great to have that accountability, having him text me and say, this is how many pages I got today. And I'd be like, Oh, this is how many words. Cause I knew I was going to get that text at the end of the day. So if I didn't sit down and do my work, then I wasn't going to have anything to reply to it with. And, yeah. um, that it was really nice to have a constant partner there uh, to go through that with. And I wrote that faith book probably faster than I've written a book since I wrote the first Michelle book. I had the draft done in 11 weeks maybe. And I did pants that one all the way through, but I still, you know, and then going back through and editing. And I mean, you know how that goes. Like, I didn't know if it was any good or not when I turned it in. So when my editor said it was his favorite one in the series, I was like, Oh yay. Okay. I did a fast (laughs) and I I did a good job. That's great. Um, Yeah. So, but yeah, that part of it has really helped having somebody there to brainstorm with when I get stuck, you know, I can, he knows the characters well enough now after having written one book, that if I get stuck when I'm doing an outline, I can text him or call him and say, okay, they're here and I need to get them here, but I don't really know how to do that. And we can bounce ideas back and forth instead of me just struggling and trying to figure something out. That's amazing. That's, that's really amazing. Cause I think, I feel like if everyone had that, we would all be that much better off and get a lot of things done faster. Because also you can't like, you can't procrastinate as long. Cause I know when I get stuck now, I just procrastinate because no one's, you know, if if it's not on contract, no one's waiting for it. Then I'm like, well, I'll figure it out eventually. Right. And yeah, I think that has definitely been a big thing about this arrangement and it's been, you know, and it lets me have more of my ideas be able to get out to readers, which is nice for me because I have, so many that are sitting here, you know, um, I was kind of kicking around the idea the other day of like, there are three that I think are pretty decent and pretty well fleshed out. And then I thought maybe I should wait and see how next year goes with the three treasure books and, and one full length book before I decide to add something else. But yeah, that part of it is fun too. Yep. Yeah. And like writing is such a introvert activity, right. For most of us. And so, and I've been talking a lot about accountability and community and, um, it sounds like you've definitely found that level of support and that sense of community in this process. And even with your other books, just by having this person that you are so closely connected with, um, on a daily basis. Yeah. 
Yeah, it really has been. There have been many, many unexpected benefits. And I'm very glad that we have gotten to be better friends throughout the process because that's been fun. He really is just a great guy. I mean, he's Bruce's what you see is what you get. And, uh, you know, super nice that when we did the cover reveal for the first book on Below Books, Chris said in his description, like, you'd you'd be hard-pressed to find nicer, more drama-free people in our crime fiction community. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. But it's true. Um, you know, about Bruce, he is, he is very, very nice and very respectful and easy to work with. And it's been a good situation. Yeah. But I love that point, um, that Chris made about, I mean, I think generally speaking, and you tell me if you disagree, but I think the mystery community is probably the best writing community. I've just always felt that way. I think we're, it's just a generous group of people. Everyone's yes. support for the most part, everyone's supportive of each other. We're a lot of fun to go out to dinner with. Right. I mean, do you That's feel true. the same? I do. And it's funny because, you know, I mean, when I started writing Michelle, I didn't like, I wasn't setting out to get into any specific sector of publishing. I didn't think anybody was ever going to read that except my mother, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, and I wasn't really trying to write a mystery. I was just writing what I like to read. And, um, I think I, I sort of got lucky there because I, I hear from friends and I read about some of the stuff that goes on in the community among people and other genres. And I think, wow, that's yeah. Like I I wouldn't do well with that. And it's so nice that we have so many people who are, kind and generous and fun yeah. in our community. I have the, my favorite thing about this job besides getting to sit at my computer and write and be available for my kids all day is very definitely the friends I've made because the community is really fantastic. Yeah. And I've always said like when I first came to writing, you know, I had a day job, it was my side gig and like I had all that drama in my day job. And so I didn't want it in this, in this, this was the fun place. Right. And so, I mean, even today, like if I hear of any drama, I just, I don't even want anything to do with it. (laughs) I mean, not that there's that much of it, but you know, it's just, it's easier to stay away from it and to make this kind of the fun place to be. Yes. And I, I share that sentiment, even as a former reporter, like there's, there's usually that part of me that when somebody tells me part of a story, I'm like, Oh, I have to find out what happened there. And not with that. I don't want to know. Keep it over there. No, (laughs) Exactly. So have you and Bruce run into any like creative differences in the process and how do you handle them if you do? I mean, not really. Like there were a couple of times when he was working on the first manuscript that he called me and he said, Hey, I'm looking at this and the outline, but I, I had an idea and I think, you know, maybe this will work better. And I thought his idea was better every time because he was actually in the story. I mean, you can only do so much with an outline, which is part of the reason that I haven't ever really put effort into learning how to do it for my full length books, because the couple of times that I did try early on, I strayed so far from it after I got into the story that I kind of went, this is just a waste of time. My brain doesn't work this way. Um, so, you know, I told him you go ahead and and do what you want to do with that. Um, and I, it came out great. I mean, I got the draft back and I was reading and there was actually at one point, it was like a Friday afternoon and he had changed something. It was towards the end of the book. And, uh, 
I texted him because I was like, okay, I was going to stop reading at four because it's Friday, but now this is happening and I have to know what's going to happen next. Like I couldn't put this down if my house was on fire. And, um, <laughs> and so that part of it has been really fun. There, there were a couple of places in the early parts of the second book where he had a really different idea uh, than I did. And he, I mean, he was very like persistent, but nice and persuasive about arguing for, you know, I really think it'd be better if it went this way. And I finally was just like, then do it the way you want to do it. And, you know, if we get to the the end of this one and it's finished and it, you know, I really think it doesn't fit, then that's fine. But I have a feeling he's probably got it all sewn up in there and it'll flow into the rest of the story just fine. Um, cause he does like, he'll like, I do a lot of research on stuff and send him notes, but then he goes off and does his own research on, you know, um, the Cardinal in the second book is based on a, an actual, uh, historical figure. And I thought I sent him all the notes that he needed on that at the beginning. And he was like up to his eyeballs in, you know, geography of Western Europe (laughs) mountain ranges and <laughs> what buildings would have been there in the 1500s. And so, yeah, that's really cool. Fun. Do you feel like you guys have a similar like writing style or is it different enough that it's giving your, your books like a, a different type of feeling? I think it's similar enough that you can't tell in the first one, like, so the way we did it with the first one, I sent him the outline, he did the manuscript, he sent it back to me. i tinkered with it and made changes to it. And then we turned it in uh, and the editor sent a developmental letter and notes. And I, you know, Bruce went through and addressed some of those. And then I went through on the last read and changed things and rewrote some sections. And I don't think anybody can tell where I came in and, uh, and changed something or did something to it. I think we have, we've created a similar enough voice for this series that it's pretty mm-hmm. seamless. Um, but on the whole, I would have, I feel like if you had asked me that a year ago, I mean, his Byron books are all third person, you know, uh, close point of view. And my stuff has all always been in first because uh, that's just where my wheelhouse, like I do yeah. first person uh, female characters. Um and I wanted this one to be in third because it needs to be because there are multiple points of view in each book and even multiple timelines um, that we have to contend with in each one. So I think the third person, his his vast experience with that over the course of four books in the Byron series was great uh, for him to bring to it. And I've learned how to kind of come in and fit things that I want to change and where it doesn't show that there was a patch put there. It's hmm. very cool. Um, I, I feel like there's definitely been a rise in, in co-writing. Like every time I turn around, I see there's a new team somewhere. Do you think this is something that's going to keep expanding in the publishing world? I think there's a strong possibility of that. I will say that I, the idea of it came to me from the publisher. They, uh, they came to me and said, you know, we know that you have lots of ideas and we'd like a way to put more books with your name on the cover out in the course of a given year. Um, and I, I think that's driven, you know, I mean, publishing is a business, right? That's driven by sales and money. And so I feel like that situation where, um, you know, when you have a reader base, sort of this, uh, Netflix driven society, 
that we live in, especially in the wake of the pandemic, people want to be able to binge read just like they binge watch TV shows on Netflix. Um, sort of lends itself to when people find an author that they really like. I mean, I know as a reader, I'm guilty of it. Like if I read a book that you wrote and I really like, like, like love your characters and your style, I'm going to go find everything on Amazon and just go through one after another. Um, and I think that's why this has gotten so popular because there are, you know, people who have more ideas than they have time. I mean, you know how long it takes to write a book. Like, I know that I, I love my readers and some of my favorite emails are the ones that I get at, right after a book launches where it's been, you know, a day, two days, three days. And people say, I finished that when I'm ready for the next one. And oh my goodness, I wish I could write them as fast as everybody yeah. seems to read them. But I, you know, you can't. And yeah. I know that for me to not be pulling my hair out and feeling like my life is way out of whack to is the most I can do in a year on my own and have them be the kind of quality that I want to deliver to my readers. And so this gives a way to, to have more than that without sacrificing the quality. When you, when you have writers who are talented and experienced and have won awards who, I mean, I was shocked when I saw Bruce's name on that list, but I was like, heck yeah, call him. I've read his books. They're good. Like he knows what he's doing. So so do you have, like, if somebody was interested, if an author out there is interested in collaborating with someone on a project or getting on a, you know, in getting into the view of a publisher who wants to start more of these co-writing um, partnerships, what would you suggest? How would, how would they do it? I mean, I would say just reach out about it because I think I, you know, when I was first talking to the publisher about this and thinking about somebody that we might ask to do something like this, I would not have gone to Bruce and said, are you interested in doing something like this? Cause I just would have assumed that he wouldn't be, and he was doing his own stuff. He has his own books. And, you know, so I think it's, it really, uh, if it's something you're interested in doing, reach out through your agent, or if you don't have an agent, you can email and reach out to the publisher. Or if there's a writer that you think you might want to work with, you know, just send an email. What does that hurt? The worst thing that happens yeah. is that they say, I don't have anything right now, but you never know if you don't ask. Yep. No, that's great advice. So anything else related to your co-writing journey that you want to talk about that I haven't asked you? I don't know that I can really think of anything. This is, I mean, you have really great questions and, um, <laughs> this has been a fun talk, but it, it has been, it, we have Bruce and I were already friends and I think that helped, but this has proven to be a really fun partnership for us yeah. and, and really sort of paid off in some unexpected ways, I think. So I, um, I was a little, nervous and didn't, wasn't really sure, you know, did he know what he was getting into agreeing to do this with me? Because I have a tendency to be kind of a control freak. And he did a great job managing that at the get go. And now we have a situation where I know that I can trust him to, to do what needs to be done. And I don't have to like be anxious or hover. So it's, yeah. it really has been phenomenal. That's great. I'm happy for you. So the Turner and Mosley files are coming out in April, 2024, right? Am I in the right year? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. First we'll put links. Is, yeah. The first book is the general's goal. The second one is called the Cardinal's curse. 
Um, and then the third one will be the pirate secret because I was, we couldn't keep the alliteration forever. So we, <laughs> no, that's fun. But who doesn't <laughs> love pirates? <laughs> for the third one. But yes, super, um, we're, we're having a great, great time with them. Awesome. All right. We'll put links in the show notes and thank you so much for being here to talk about this. It was really great having this conversation. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. So I hope you really enjoyed that conversation. Um, I think it's such a fascinating topic. I think the series sounds amazing and I can't wait to get Lindy and Bruce on here together after the books are out. I think that'll be a really fun conversation. So I hope you enjoyed. I hope you pre-order the books. I hope you read her other series because you're going to love them. Um, Michelle's a great character. We're going to talk more about her in a different podcast and faith is really an amazing character and a great series as well. So definitely go check them out. I will put her information in, in the show notes and I hope you all enjoyed the show. If you liked it and you want to leave a rating or a review, I would really appreciate it and we'll see you next time. Bye.